Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. to today's show. Today is already July 13th, 2020. I am so sorry about the delay. I had to get a second phone because the first one, it turns out, says it's in use, although I don't know who's using it. So that's very weird. And it wasn't Blog Talk's fault this time. So here we go. And especially on this show that I could not wait to do and most likely will have a part two for tomorrow about prayers. You know, what is really, truly behind us praying? What started us praying? What, how did we know to pray? How do we know when we need something? How do we know that there's a purpose behind it other than what we need. And the truth is we don't. It's like this faith that we have and we begin to recognize that we are not alone. Even people in the world when they could not read when nobody taught them about prayer, prayed. They knew that there was something bigger around us. About now, it's almost a month ago, I realized what prayers I had that got answered. And the the weirdest part of it all was they weren't like, oh, God, I'm going to pray right now. I need to ask for blah, blah, blah. They weren't actually the way they got answered. And it's not a magic formula. It's just the truth of knowing who we are. Because that's where the rubber meets the road. We are here to learn. And our prayers answered in lessons, in, I want to say, pushing your commitment to that prayer. Because a lot of times we pray and then we sit back and we kind of dare God to pull it off. We don't continue the fight or the, the work. We just say, but I prayed for it. I know God will help me. And God is looking at it as, 
let me give you a lesson so you understand your prayer. That's why I say God is not an answer machine. He doesn't say, oh, what do you want? And he's a genie in a bottle and he waves his, his wand or he waves his, his mouth and says, oh, may you get. It's not about the getting. It's about organizing our thoughts enough to ask for what we want and know what we're asking for. A lot of times what I realized was after trying everything, after running myself ragged, trying to find an answer, and then I would say things like, wow, God, I tried everything. If there is anything left for me to try, I really can't see it. I'm willing to do it. I just can't see it. And I found out my best prayers were the conversations, not the asking. There's a huge energy shift, a huge difference between having a conversation with God Remember the book's conversations with God? But truly having one, anyone can have one. Any one of us. I was having them long before I saw Christ. I think it's what led me to understanding what I saw. But they were all conversations. It was almost like I was going to a meeting with the higher source, someone I can't see but I knew was there. Just like when I would walk down the hallways before I saw Christ in my house and then I would turn around because I thought someone was behind me. And really, it was just my my brain, my body felt a presence. That presence is always around us. It, It may not be Christ, it may be our angels, but it's not mystical and out there and you have to be weird to know it. It's happening to you whether you are one of the people who say it's weird to know it or not. You are not exempt from God's love and God's resources. None of us are. Nobody. The whole point of me doing this show was to let you know that prayers are active conversations. And remember when I told you guys about energy exchange, that everything's an energy exchange? Most prayers are not an energy exchange. I want this, I want that, I need this, I need that. Oh my God, can't you see I'm suffering? God, take care of this. And then if it's not, we're like, oh, God doesn't love me. But it's just because we don't understand prayer. It is a conversation that helps us organize what we think we need 
to run our lives while we are here. There's people who tried to extract the science behind it, a ritualization of prayer, regardless of which faith or what intention. We look at it sometimes as I'm, I feel weak that I had to pray or I prayed in my moment of weakness. You want guidance, you want hope, you want help, you want courage, you want strength. You want to endure any kind of adversity that shows up at your door. But really, prayer is wisdom. And it's compassion. It's acknowledgement that you do have resources. And God is our resource. In some religions, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. But no one said anything about what we have to do before we knock on that door. Before we seek and we find. Before we ask and it's given to us. One is seek and you will find. But what happens if you seek and you don't find? Does that mean your prayer was not answered? Or does that mean that you did not find the answer yet? So the thing I found out about prayer is we don't give them enough time for the answer. A lot of times we pray and then we forget the prayer. Go on. We expect it if it doesn't happen in a day or two because everything is so fast in our world. It's not like we're these bad people. Wow, well, we didn't get what we wanted. Well, I was used to that. I, I never get what I want. And, you know, we start that rant. What is that you didn't give it time? Time. When, how, down to our purest intent. Because there were some deep inside conversations I had, even, I want to say, 35 years ago, 38 years ago, 40 years ago, that just got answered. That's how long it took me to understand the answers. And honestly, when fruition of the prayer, which is what I call when your prayers were answered, the fruition of the prayer happened, it took me almost a year to realize that that's what happened. But once I saw it, I started looking back and realizing that every last thought I had before I would sleep at night 
in my conversations with God. I never even thought of it as prayer. It was my way of cleaning my mind. Remember, I would tell you guys, you know, write in a notebook next to your bed what you're grateful for. Even when I was upset with how my husband was reacting to our marriage, treating our marriage, he thought he was putting me in my place just for being there. But I looked at it as reacting to my marriage with him, to our marriage. His reaction was fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. I was living with a pure, catalytic thought and ego. And I knew without knowing the titles of these things, I couldn't get in. But I never blamed him. When I first started writing to God, I was asking God questions because I wanted to know what to ask for. Did I want him to talk to me again? Did I want him to care about me in a certain way? Could I accept it? Because all of the time when we ask for resolution, we actually don't know yet what we want back. We want the prayer to magically take care of it. And then we find out, right? And then we see. But I was just trying to figure out how to get along. How to get along. An example of a thought I had that literally took 33 years to come to life. Before I was ever married... I was 22 years old, came on vacation to California. And this is another facet. Remember how Christ said there's so many facets to the diamond, different facets of light. On that trip, I drowned in the ocean, and they found me and they saved me. And I mean like lifeguard saved me (laughs) in Laguna Beach. And I I shouldn't laugh, but it happened. And I, I, you know, just me waking up and seeing the people was kind of weird. But in that trip, something else happened. The first time I had come to the ocean prior to going to Laguna Beach, it was my mom and my two brothers. Two of my sisters were in... um, Where were they? They were in Jordan on a trip. So they were gone the whole summer. And my other sister was married. So my two brothers and I and my mom, not my dad, but my mom, we came on a trip to California. At that time, we drove to the ocean and we stood on a bunch of rocks and I looked out at the ocean. I had never seen an ocean before. And I was 22, but, you know, you live in Chicago. We do have Lake Michigan, but an ocean just is a whole another paradigm, right? And so I'm standing there, and the weather was different. The people felt different. They felt lighter. And I stood there, and I looked out at the water. And I go, wow, God, why doesn't everybody live here? That's my question. 
And that was way before seeing Christ. But I really wanted to know, like, how could this exist and everyone not want to live here? And then I thought, well, I'm only one person. They could just send me my stuff from Chicago. I'm staying. I fell in love with the ocean. The way the breeze felt off it, it was cool. And I'm used to hot and humid weather in Chicago. So I was, I was truly floored. 33 years later, I can't even tell you what it took to get it here because it was crazy. 33 years later, I am living a block away from where I stood on that rock and thought that. And I went through the, every rigmarole of life and I landed here. I can't tell you, I didn't even remember. So one day, I'm driving down the street by my house, I'm driving, and I pass that spot, and I go, oh, my God, God, what just happened? And I heard Christ say, it didn't just happen, but it was happening all along the way. There was nothing that happened in my life that made me think that. Four years prior to that 33rd year that I ended up living here, and I didn't even try to. It is literally something that just happened in my life that just literally put me there. I came here and I was helping a friend look for property here. Never thought for me. Couldn't even see it. Couldn't even imagine it. And... They never did, but they really, really wanted to live here one day. Then one day I was going to meet someone who was working on a logo for me, and I had to drive through this area again, and I remember parking by the ocean. I I always leave early where I'm going, and so I had like an hour. I got there much sooner than I expected, so I parked by the ocean and just sat there and go, wow, look at that ocean. Look at how beautiful it is. Look at how peaceful it feels. Look at how it just knows how to make those waves. Look at how it just knows what to do. Nobody tells it. Nobody taught it. And the best part, no one can control it. It's just itself. And I would look at it. And then I was done. I had to go to the appointment. I went to the appointment. And I went about my business. And then two years after that moment, I was here. Was it a prayer? It was a deep sense of not just wishing, because it wasn't, I didn't wish for it. I just knew this was super special. Super special. There was a beautiful energy to watching water, something so simple. 
there were other things at night before I'd sleep because I had to borrow money along the way, a lot of money, not a little bit of money, a lot of money along the way to publish the books, to do all these things. And now it's their stories, but I lived them so deeply that they never can leave me. And I remember going to people, person after person after person after person. I, I, I didn't know yet how to identify who, who can help, who can't, who will help, who won't. I, I couldn't identify it. And at the end, I got so tired of asking, I felt like a complete failure that I could not make this work so that I could do it. But then Christ said, you're not waiting to do it. You are already doing it. You always wanted to help people, didn't you? And I'm like, yes. And he said, well, you're helping people. And I thought, oh, my God, yet again. Wow, I am like, oh, wow. And I never looked back. And I said to God, I do not care what I have to go through. I don't care if I'm even homeless. I even accepted that in my brain and in my heart. If I, if I even got there, because I was pretty darn close at least three times that I can remember only because I had to involve other people. I was close to preparing to be homeless. I was ready because in my mind now I was already doing what I wanted. I just couldn't find a way to do it but yet I was doing it so the way stopped mattering as much and what experience taught me was not to be scared of any of the outcomes I could have had so how did my prayer figure into all of that I said to God God I either have to have so much money that it doesn't matter, or I have to have nothing matter. And I will accept either. I actually don't care because I'm going to do this one way or the other, but I cannot be in the middle. I cannot have it where I'm worried about every month because that was killing me. I would be great until the end of the month. I would need help. And God provided the angels. And they were there. Nothing ever jeopardized my being able to reach others. That prayer that I had to help people was before I was even a teenager. 
And I didn't even know how. I thought it was by being a broadcast journalist because I can talk to people every day. I, you know, my mind didn't know yet all the other avenues. We didn't have social media. We didn't have more than seven channels at the time. Life was different. So your brain can only take you as far as what you see at times. But what do you do when your brain can see more than what's going on around you? One of the biggest messages I have to share with you is that prayers don't get answered overnight. There are some, you know, someone's sick and we pray and we want them to heal. And if it's not their time to go home, they get to stay and we get to continue to love and share our lives with them. And sometimes it's their time, our time, maybe my time. But because there is no fear of it, we are allowed to enjoy it, to feel the love of it instead of the fear of it. But those prayers, those things we think from the deepest part of our hearts, they don't get answered. That's why when we say God is not an answer machine, what fun would that be? What discovery would that be? What thriving would that be if we just kept going to the back of the book and looking up the answers? And when you can look at it that way, when you can see it that way, feel it that way, it changes what we look at as prayers. And it redefines a prayer into a conversation that you are having, exchanging energy with God, the highest energy of our living existence. My time is up. I will be doing a part two about prayer tomorrow. I will see you then. Start your week with a bang. Have a great Monday. I love you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's daily dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.